Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. College football playoff rankings are out. The first initial rankings are out. Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, one through four. Washington and Oregon at five and six. Bruce Barnum, Portland State coach, joins us every Tuesday to talk about his team. His team's coming off a big win over Eastern Washington, 47-35. Joby Mallory, running back at Portland State, named the Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Week. He scored one, two, three, four, five, six touchdowns, 241 rushing yards. Lights out day for Joby Mallory. Bruce Barnum here to talk about it. Uh, you just kept feeding him, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for having us, John. Um, had a day, you know, old Joe, the Jobinator from Gresham ran like his ass was on fire. He did a hell of a job. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. And when did you have a sense that he was close to the tying the school record? I mean, that's a record that was set in like 1976 did you did somebody on the sideline say hey barney he needs one more or did you just let the game play out no n- not at all I, I don't i'll admit it I, I had no clue you know i know he was scoring all i knew was he was scoring too quick you know we're trying to matriculate the ball down the field and he's popping 75 yarders and i'm like come on joe you know let's uh let's slow down here burn some clock but it was fun. It was a fun days. It's good to see him have that success, along with that unit. You know, if that's happening, there's a lot of people working out there. I am uh, looking at the success that you have in that game. Anna brought the girls out. Had a great time watching the game. I was covering Oregon, Utah, and Anna was texting me, going, "This Portland State game is so fun." What's it like when you get support from people and, and a crowd showing up? That's fun. It's huge. Our kids love it. Obviously, you know, people like playing in front of people. I don't, I don't care who you are, you know. Um, uh, and then uh, right up to the end of the game. I mean, I turn around after, you know, shaking hands, yada, yada, and camera, and here comes a trophy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> running out on the field with the mighty Ann cut. I'm like, there's a stud. Look at that. I mean, that's pretty cool to have your president run out with the, with the uh, damn cup after the game yeah let's talk about her for a second we had her on the show last week really impressed with her that video went viral sounds like you have a president who understands athletics talking about a stadium understands sort of the value of sports and athletics and seems to really have connected with your guys she has um i think she's connected with the university i mean she came in and you know, I always think first hundred days, what's going to happen? You know, when you see change like that, and <laughs> she started from day one, it was ready to go. And I said, I heard some of the things, you know, from my side, non-athletic. I'm like, all right, she's real. She's going to get this done anyway. And then she turned to athletics, and the interest is there. She's here, not just football. I mean, athletics in general. I think she understands that what that can do for a. Um, uh, campus community the the atmosphere and honestly i've always thought this is big picture john but you know what are you going to do after you know if they have that experience i think in 10 years 20 years 30 years they're giving back you know if it's just a bus stop 
they're not going to give to they're they're, they're not going to care want to give back but give them an experience include athletics she sees that and all of a sudden uh, the money will jump and everybody will be happy bruce barnum is with us uc davis this week on the road this is the coach that showed up and scouted you in person a couple weeks ago um i'm sure you want this one well he harbaugh me the problem is i you know we're friends uh yeah. i was conf- he was watching his son coach on the other sideline that's you know great uh, i don't know yeah we can make a thing i mean he, he harbaugh me but um <laughs> i would think at least call me Hawk. You know, say, hey, Barney, I'm going to be there. You know, uh, yeah. I'm gonna, not that I would change anything, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it irked me a little bit, but uh, beyond that, you know, it, it's another one. It's a big sky game, and um, uh, they're good. They got their, their damn tailback back, uh, which I don't like. You know, I think he's a heck of a football player. Uh, he was back last week. Look like he's a little winded, but um, so that'll help, you know, the Aggies. But I like where we're at right now. I like how we're playing. We're we're healthy as far as the guys that are still, you know, with us this season. So um, fast start and see what we can do down at, at Davis. Uh, Bruce Barnum with us. How healthy is your team right now uh, heading into this game? Well, you know, knock on wood. Like I said, I've lost a couple. I've lost some impact people uh, for the season, um, John, which, you know, everybody has. Um, but I've lost some guys that were stars uh, as far as their contribution on game day. Uh, they got a team full of stars. But they on game day, they were producing. Uh, but we have others, you know. Now we have Joby back. He's healthy, obviously. You saw him. He missed the Idaho State game. You know, uh, quarterback was banged up, Idaho State. Well, we've been banged up, but now we're healthy. We're rolling. He saw us healthy last week. Um, and I don't we, – we didn't lose – I don't think we're losing anybody from last week. You know, just a couple – you know, my finger got bent backwards or I ripped my, you know, fingernail off. He stepped on my toe. That kind of BS. But other than that, we're fine. We're ready to go. Loading on the – getting on the bus Friday a.m. You're busting there. What do you see when you look on film with UC Davis? I know their running back early in the year was out. Has he remained out? Uh, what do they look like on film? I don't know. He's back. Um, he's back last week, uh, number four on defense. He got hurt. He got rolled up last week. I'm not sure if he's playing. It was a, He was an All-American last year. Number 53 on defense, defensive end. Um, quarterback's playing well. Um, creative offense, you know. Um, Hawk will do it all. It seems like a different game plan uh, every week with him. Uh, but they play hard. You know, they back and forth from man to zone. They try to hide it, but you can if you get a couple keys. So um, they're they're playing well. They've played in close games. They're st- they've ranked all year, you know, uh, in the top 25. So it's going to be a challenge. It'll be a challenge. But, um, again, I like where we're at right now. Coach, uh, you know, when you get a performance like Joby Mallory, I mean, it's a Barlow High School kid. You're winning with some guys that are out of the area, but you've got enough kids locally that, you know, you're drawing local kids to your program. What does it say about high school football in the region when you can have some local kids having success for you out there? 
Uh, it's it's the backbone of my program. Um, I was just talking to somebody about this, I'm, I, and my players know it. I think they would back. I know they would back me on this before we go out recruiting on the road because we live on. Uh, when Joby came in, um, he came here because he had nowhere to go. Uh, but the, at the end of his first year, I put him on scholarship. You know, um, at the Wine and Roses deal, I had him up on stage. We live that. I look in house. Uh, before, because you know we only have so many scholarships. But w before I go out on the street, or down I five, or up I five, um, I look in house and I give. I, I just reached out to make sure I can give. I'm going to give two to four away here uh, in the next 48 hours uh, to guys on my team already. I mean that's a backbone of us, and most of those are from the state of Oregon. Yeah, and I think you know. Do you? Do the coaches in the state of Oregon do a good job? What could we be doing better with high school football in Oregon, or are they doing a good job? Well, the, as far as pushing developing, their kids, develop, developing talent that you go, hey, I don't have to go out of state for, you know, I, I got enough kids here that I can build sort of a core in my program. Oh, I, I think the coaching and the teaching in this state, and I'm not just pulling ears here. I don't have, I mean, I, I like conflict. I think there's great coaches in this state. I think the problem in this state is not the coaching. It's just the straight population. People recruit larger population areas, you know. Um, that's why they travel to the bigger cities, the states with more population. But um, you talk about nuggets, and we've talked about the portal um I'm able to maybe get a couple talk into coming um, because money is going elsewhere also uh, from the other programs. Um, but this is easy. I mean, it's closer to us as far as recruiting. We know uh, the areas. We know the leagues. We know the coaches. We see them. We hear about them more. Um, you got the mighty – Nemix, who you know has a yep. show on him, he talks about him. We follow all that. Um, so if I can take an Oregon guy, I'll take him over anybody. And the coaching and the teaching, it, it's there. Don't let anybody tell you uh, coaches in the state of Oregon don't know what the hell they're doing. I mean, I know, I know coaches at the high school level who could um, be in the SEC. I mean, they're it, it's. It's not always what you know, it's who you know. So there's quality coaches in this state, all up and down the I-5 quarter. Oregon, Washington, I think, are strong high school coaching knowledge. You guys will be on ESPN Plus in your game against UC Davis. Did, you know, How much does that kind of exposure matter to your kids when you're recruiting them? Well, it seems like every game's on TV now, but it, it matters. You know, you can go back and watch it, you know. Um, on that, I don't. I haven't figured it out yet. But I, my guys say you can go like to some archive and watch it, and um, it matters though uh, because just the ESPN. You and I. Oh, you don't. I'm older than you, twice your age. But I remember when ESPN came out. You know, there was one show, and it was something like this. That and MTV were about the same time. Um, I watched the first video, the one uh, they're going through a thing, a video killed the radio star, whatever it was on MTV, and then I watched ESPN. I'm like, this isn't going to make it. Who's going to watch this trash? <laughs> and now look at it. You got ESPN 6 plus 
give me, uh, I don't know what happened with MTV. I stopped, um, in fact, that might have been the only time I watched MTV as that opener, but um, it's all over. The kids love it. And the conference loves, loves when people twit you or when people like you. You know, and the conference counts all that stuff. Hey, our conference is being seen by, they probably had a, uh, did a double backflip over the mighty cud, you know. Yeah. Um, she goes viral. The conference, like, oh, Portland State, you know. Oh, they love that. They love yeah, that. So you know, I, hey, that's I just love- that's how you recruit. That's what you do now. Yeah, and look, you get that exposure. Kids want to come play for you. Bruce Barnum, Portland State uh, coaches with us. All right, uh, you know, you don't you don't really talk about goals. We you know, we don't talk often about goals, but you want to win your game this week. Win your game this week, and it sets up what. For Portland State, the next one, you know, uh, our last home game, seniors, Montana, uh, number two or something in the country right now. I don't know what they are. Uh, Barnum, a lot, a lot of side notes to it, you know. Uh, the Barnum kid plays for the Grizz. Um, uh, the Hauk head coach's son coaches at Portland State. There's all that, you know. Uh, stories in the back, but it, it sets us up for the next one. They get bigger. If we win the next three, you know, uh, don't look at We are talking one and oh, my, that's my team. But um, I've been told, you know, by the powers that be, if we went out, you know, um, there's a hell of a chance we're in the playoffs. We'll be a bubble team, but six and two in this conference, you got a chance. So to be in that spot in November, you know, that's pretty good. There's a lot of teams that aren't right now. Um, so you always remember what you do in November. What are you doing on the radio, by the way? Aren't you? Uh, you should be out. Uh, it's trick-or-treat night. Yeah, John. we're going to start that. You're not going to do that? Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. We wait for it to get dark, though. You know, is it dark out yet? I don't know. Uh, it, I don't know. I'm still watching film. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah, we're going to do trick-or-treating. We're gonna, you know why I'm going to do it? Because the 7-year-old and the 9-year-old benefit from the fact that i had a i have the 21 year old and i saw how fast it went and so you know you have kids that are older you know how fast it goes and if i gave you a seven-year-old or a nine-year-old kid right now you'd go hell yeah i'll soak it up because i know it 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 doesn't last forever yes true i hope everybody um listening right now heard that one and and, you know all kinds of halloween stories that you can tell about everything and everybody listening to us I, I got one for you yeah give me it um halloween's all about you know i have i have two boys sean i have two boys and cooper the youngest um i loved halloween uh because he was cost effective i got him a, the coolest spider-man outfit you know it covered his head everything um i don't know what age but for six straight years of his you know his prime Halloween, knocking on the whole door thing, trick-or-treat deal. That costume is all he wanted to wear. So I bought one costume for that time, and he'd put on about a month ahead of time. Uh, It was obviously very durable, you know, and he didn't grow much, uh, but he stretched her out that last year, and and so we saved a lot of money on costumes. But he was Spider-Man for about five to six years. I love that. Do you have one a costume that you wore as a kid? Saved? No. Do you? What do, do, you, what do you remember your costumes being? Uh, we didn't have a lot, a lot of money. It, it was kind of okay. What's in the closet? And Sally, yeah. my mom would, you know, 
Well, I remember a rubber, or not a rubber, a uh, bubblegum cigar with a deal one year. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it was never bought. I remember the one year we were at the place, and it's like in a pack, and you see the mask on the front, you know, of, you, of what you're going to be, like Casper mask or Superman or Wonder Woman's. Um, Spider-Man's, but it was those sheet plastic masks, and you couldn't really see the suit inside, but the box looked cool. We got that one year. One year I got that. Bud and Sal came up with enough cash to do that, and uh, it was my worst costume. I think I tore it by the running to the second door, you know, because I had a big ass as a kid. Yeah. I didn't have a big tummy like I do now, but I had big ass and big thighs. I ripped right through that thing, so I had to go knock on the door, you know. Oh, look, it's Casper. Oh, look, there's his groin. Yeah, I love it. So hey, it didn't really work out. But we were the sheet. I was the sheet guy. Oh, here. Yeah. Let's cut this cheap sheet. I'm throwing this away, but here, Bruce, put yeah. this on. I love put this that. rope around your neck and go. I love it. Hey, Coach, th- congrats on the win. Good luck this week against UC Davis. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Happy Halloween. All right. Happy Halloween to everybody out there. Thanks for having us, John. Bye. There, there you go. Portland State Coach Bruce Barnum joins us every week on the show. I'll tell you about my costumes coming up. Um, uh, for those of you who uh, who uh, want to tweet at me, uh, tweet your uh, if you got a kid who's trick or treating tonight, tweet a photo at me. Come on, I'll retweet the best ones. Um, all right, coming up, I'll tell you about some costumes I used to have as a kid. We went on the cheap too. We did the same thing. I had some very unusual Halloween costumes as a kid. Why don't you leave it here? You get the BFT. When I was a kid, we had these unusual Halloween costumes. And and I remember and I relate to those of you who are my age who used to wear those ridiculous plastic masks with a thin rubber band-like strap that was kind of stapled inside the mask and you had to pull it down over your face. And that plastic was uh, just a consistency that only screamed uncomfortable. And that was the mask you had. I don't know if you were Casper the Ghost or you were one of the Star Wars figures or what you were, but we had a very limited we had a very limited selection of Halloween costumes that we could buy in the store or whatnot. But we had some unusual costumes because my dad, as many of you listeners know, I've talked about this over the years, was a uh, professional baseball player, and he had played in the minor league system of the New York Mets and later the Montreal Expos in the 1960s and so he had spring training jerseys from like the pittsburgh pirates the new york mets he had his minor league jerseys like when he played for the durham bulls and some different affiliates in the minor league uh, organizations of the new york mets in the 1960s and so he had these wonderful flannel jerseys that were um authentic and valuable we later found out, but when I was a kid, we used to wear those damn things to school. I, w- I would wear a New York Mets jersey from the 1960s, authentic game-worn jersey, to school. I wore a Gil Hodges jersey to school. My dad had that jersey because at spring training for the Mets, they would take the, the jerseys from the prior years, and they would throw them in a pile in the middle of the locker room, and they would tell the minor league players, hey, if you, you want to grab an extra jersey, you can grab one. And so my dad would, you know, grab a jersey, and he had a sleeveless Pittsburgh Pirates jersey that was just fantastic, that was awesome jersey. And he later sold those in, with uh, Sotheby's Auction House, and he sold all of those jerseys and decided he was no longer 
in need of them, I guess, because we weren't wearing them as as Halloween costumes. But I wore those jerseys to school, and I wore his Durham Bulls jersey to school, and I wore his Mets jersey to school. And I look back at that now and just shake my head because those things were like, you know, worth a couple thousand bucks when he ended up selling them later. And by the way, I bought the Durham Bulls jersey. I didn't tell my dad. When my dad went to auction off the jerseys, he said, does anybody have any sentimental attachment to any of these jerseys? And I did to the Durham, Durham Bulls jersey because, you know, Bull Durham, the movie, had come out. And the fact that my dad played in the minor leagues for the Durham Bulls was a big deal. And so I just said, no, I'm not interested. And then I got online and I just bid on the thing and I won it in an auction. I think I paid 600 bucks for it. But um, And later my dad was like, why? I would have just gave it to you. And I said, I didn't want to take money away from you. So... I digress. Today is Halloween. My kids have multiple costumes. Seven-year-old was Cruella DeVille. She's also a witch. She's going to do a wardrobe change, I guess. The nine-year-old is Medusa. She's got this big headset where uh, snakes are coming out of her hair and stuff like that. And uh, I know your kids, if you're trick-or-treating tonight, are going to have a great time. I encourage people to, you know, just be safe out there. Flashlights are a good idea. If you're driving and you're in a neighborhood where kids are trick-or-treating, public service announcement, keep an eye out. Go slow. You're not in a hurry. You're not late being somewhere. We don't want anybody uh, getting hurt on Halloween. And uh, just everybody be safe out there. Um, If you want to get a podcast to this radio show, you can get it wherever you get a podcast. I'm not going to insult you by saying, go to www. No, just go wherever you get a podcast and look for John Canzano or the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. If you want to read my column, I kind of wrote about the radio show in today's column. It was kind of fun to see the worlds collide as that Dabo Sweeney clip with that uh, with that caller who uh, called into his coach's show. That Dabo Sweeney clip uh, went viral and football coach and radio audience going at it. Um, uh, Tyler from Spartanburg called into the radio show hosted by the Clemson coach. And I wrote about that today because... Look, when I first started in this business, as I mentioned early in the show, I had a veteran radio person who worked in the state of Oregon, who you all know, who told me, don't take calls. Callers are idiots. Don't take calls. And I dismissed that. I've always taken calls. I've always enjoyed the callers. I, I know that sometimes the callers totally disagree with what I have to say, and that's okay. It would be a boring world if we all agreed. But I do think that the callers speak for a segment of the audience. And sometimes hearing a caller, even if the caller is deranged and unhinged and delusional, hearing somebody talk about it is, I think, good for the rest of the audience to say, oh, look over and go, oh, my gosh, am I that person? Like, am I sounding like that? So, And often, some, you know, in other times, the callers will make me think, think about things that I hadn't thought about before, hadn't considered. So I will continue to take calls. I appreciate those of you who listen to the show and call into the show. And the dirty little secret is, when I was 10, 12, 13, 14 years old, I was a sports radio show diehard P1 listener. I was listening at night to KNBR in San Francisco and Sports Phone 68. Ken Dito was the host, and he took calls all show long. And some of them were idiots who called in and said, you know, we need to trade Jack Clark. Jack Clark was my guy for the San Francisco Giants. You know, Jack the Ripper, come on, you can't trade that guy. And in the end, I had that transistor radio buried underneath my pillow, and I would listen to KNBR 68 at night, and I would hear the postgame show, and I even called in a couple of times and offered my thoughts. 
I used to listen to the transistor radio underneath my pillow. I'd turn it up just enough so I could hear it, and I would listen to that sports radio show at night. And there was part of me even then that was probably preparing for this moment right now. I appreciate everybody who reads me at johnconzano.com. That means a lot to me. That's where you can read me exclusively now. Get a free subscription. Get a paid subscription. What works for you works for me. And I appreciate those of you who listen to this radio show and make it part of your day. The bald We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the bald hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.